everybody, welcome to Workforce Gaming. My name is Brad. Over the past 10 days or so, we have learned all kinds of weird, hidden, speculated on information from the video game industry from the Microsoft versus FTC trial. So a lot of the things that have kind of come out of this, because as the trial goes on, and I don't know all the background on all this, I don't know the legal stuff and everything, but there's evidence presented and that gets pushed out into the public so we get to see it. And there are lots of things that I think were rumored that we were kind of told one thing, but kind of went another way. Thoughts on different things that people had that were confirmed, upended, twisted around, and just kind of shocking in a few things. And I think that it's really interesting that we're getting to see these things. So I just want to talk about a few of the things that stuck out to me as the most interesting. The first one I don't think is super interesting, but it's kind of the big one of the big headline pieces is because we're looking at the future of what this merger between these two companies, this acquisition would mean. They talk a lot about, OK, what's what's the future look like for both of these consoles? So Microsoft internally, and that's where a lot of this comes from, believes that both them and Sony are already working on their next systems. Pretty common knowledge, but. Um, based on some of the things that they kind of predicted and kind of are looking at, they're using 2028 as kind of like the soft year, the predicted year that these next gen systems are away. So we're about five years from next gen, which seems far, but seems pretty close at the same time. So um, seems about right, though, from where we would be. Uh, and with that, uh, the one that I found interesting is they specifically asked about Elder Scrolls 6 because they were looking at IP that Activision had and what's going to happen is that on PlayStation, is it not? Uh, and Phil Spencer's response to that was basically saying that I don't even know what Xbox that game will be on um, and that it is at least five years away. So just for some context on Elder Scrolls 6, that reveal trailer for it was in 2018. So we're looking at about 10 years from announcement to release of Elder Scrolls 6. So just a huge time frame there. But looking in the future as well, uh, Jim Ryan, the head of PlayStation, uh, this one is just kind of an interesting one to me, just with the way that the video game market moved, how consoles could be in 10 years from now. Uh, there are a big parts made about cloud gaming and what Microsoft's doing with that and Game Pass. So one of the things they kept talking about was cloud gaming. Where is that going and how is that going to affect the future? Uh, and Jim Ryan specifically said that he didn't feel like it would be relevant and an important piece of the industry till sometime between 2025 and 2035. So again, head of PlayStation looking at where cloud gaming is going to fit in. It's sometime in the next two to 12 years is when we could really be talking about cloud gaming. Stadia obviously failed that miserably several years ago. So kind of a bit ahead of where it needed to be um, when you look at where PlayStation is going. Yeah, but we're still a ways out from that. So just again, something kind of interesting there. One of the interesting things about kind of when we get into Microsoft and Microsoft's plans with Xbox and where they're going. So Xbox has kind of been on the spending spree over the last several years of buying up different smaller publishers, smaller developers, obviously Bethesda, some bigger ones. Um, one of the emails that came out from a couple of the people at the top, I believe it was uh, Matt Booty and Phil Spencer. I might be wrong on the names on that one, but... Uh, they suggested that at some point it might just be good to, quote, spend Sony out of business. And what he started talking about was that taking a two or three billion dollar loss right now could be good because the way things are going with where Microsoft exclusives had been at that point of this email, where Sony exclusive had been at this point of the email, they describe it as we would want to prevent Sony from becoming the Disney of video games. So if you think about Disney, obviously, they've got Marvel, they've got Star Wars, they've got all the Disney properties, you've got Pixar, 
um, even kind of side pieces that you don't think about, like ESPN, ABC. Those are all part of that big Disney umbrella. Hulu is in there. So they're looking at it going, oh, like unless we start doing something now with all this crazy, ridiculous Microsoft money that we have with how big of a corporation Microsoft is, unless we do something now, we could get to the point where they're Disney and we're, I don't know, Peacock or something like that, where it's just they have all of these franchises, all these things. And when you think of superheroes, you think of Disney characters. When you think of animated movies, you think of Disney characters. Everything there is Disney and we don't want Sony to become that. With that piece, there also kind of got released some of these charts, and they were all crossed out and redacted and all that other stuff, so you couldn't get specifics, but um, they had very specific charts about what size publishers these are, what size developers these are, how much would it take to buy them, how much would it take to buy these corporations, who would be good, and it's just these, again, you can't see anything, you can't make out any names, but it's just interesting, they kind of had this whole plan going of like, who are the people we could buy, who are the people we could bring into the Xbox brand. Um, one of the specific ones that came out was uh, in 2019, they had a plan to buy Square Enix. And with this, um, again, internal wasn't official, never an offer, but they had a plan proposed. Phil Spencer apparently had saw it at some point. We're not sure how serious it was based on the information that was there. But just again, this push in 2019, even which would be before Bethesda, which would be um, obviously before Activision, there's still that thing there where in my mind is particularly interesting just because Xbox has had this kind of long running history of how do we get into the Japanese gaming market? How do we get into Japanese games going all the way back to the Xbox 360 when they were putting out things like Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon, all of those were Xbox exclusive on the Xbox 360 15 years ago. And then, and then five years ago, there's a plan to buy square. And even then in the last couple summer game fest, showcases there have been references to how we need to try and get more of these japanese games available they've specifically gone after now atlas and persona games are really being pushed on game pass getting into the one they did do uh bethesda there was a lot mentioned of this because they think this is kind of viewed as a roadmap of what could happen with activision so lots of kind of interesting things about how this happened and where this went um the bethesda acquisition one of the things that phil spencer mentioned is that Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, both Sony kind of bought out to be exclusive. There was a lot of talk of how, okay, well, yeah, we're buying this company, but Sony's buying games. They bought Final Fantasy 16 exclusivity. They bought Deathloop. They bought Ghostwire. They're doing all these things to get these games to be exclusive. We're just trying to go after the whole company. Um, a little bit of back and forth there. But one of the things that Phil Spencer mentioned is that after Ghostwire Tokyo and Deathloop, he heard rumblings that potentially Starfield could be going the same way. Obviously, Starfield has been this kind of huge mythical project for so long that that being a PlayStation exclusive would be a huge deal. And that was kind of one of the things that slowly pushed Microsoft into that potential, or, well, potential at the time, but what ended up being their acquisition of Bethesda. In addition, Bethesda is working on an Indiana Jones game. Uh, they were asked about that as well, because that was initially multi-platform. Now is kind of come out as that is going to be an Xbox exclusive. And one of the things that uh, Phil Spencer mentioned there is that, well, PlayStation has Spider-Man. When you think of Spider-Man, Spider-Man is now a PlayStation character. We kind of want that same thing. Who is our pop culture icon that is a Xbox character? Well, Indiana Jones. Who doesn't love Indiana Jones? I haven't seen the new movie yet, so maybe I won't like it as much soon. But um, just interesting, just kind of all the ways that kind of this Bethesda acquisition came to be had that I don't think most of us knew us, which just went, ooh, 
they like these games, they're going to buy these games. But there's a lot of this kind of background things going on. In addition with that, Sony at the time believed all of the Bethesda games that were coming out would have been multi-platform. Redfall, Starfield, all these things were going to be multi-platform prior to that Bethesda acquisition, which I think is kind of common knowledge, but just interesting that they confirmed that. Um, Bethesda themselves, uh, there's an inter- or an email from Pete Hines, who's one of the heads of Bethesda, who sent an email over to the Microsoft people when this Activision thing came down, one of the biggest things was Call of Duty. And they kept saying, no, 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 we're not taking Call of Duty away. Call of Duty is going to be everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. Activision franchises that have been multi-platform, they're going to stay multi-platform. And Bethesda went, well, wait a minute. Hold on, because when we were brought in, you said, no, 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 we're Xbox exclusive now. So what do you want us to talk about when people ask us, oh, how do you feel about Call of Duty saying multi-platform, but Starfield is now Xbox? It's just interesting that there's kind of this weird back and forth there between them. Um, And then it came out that when Microsoft bought Bethesda, they bought them with the assumption that everything would be PlayStation and that decision to axe the PlayStation versions and focus on Xbox version wasn't until after that had all gone through. So again, just kind of some of those behind the scenes information that I think is just weird. And then kind of to wrap this thing up, Call of Duty uh, and King, which I don't think gets enough attention. King is uh, Candy Crush mobile developer, I think are kind of the two things that are seen as like the big prize in this is that they get King and they get Call of Duty. I don't know enough about King to really talk about that and Candy Crush. That's not my thing. But Call of Duty one of the biggest thoughts on this is, okay, Call of Duty is going to be Xbox exclusive. Xbox showcase next year. It is world premiere Xbox exclusive day one on Game Pass, Call of Duty, whatever it is now. Um, But that's not the case. They've kind of laid out this case that Call of Duty in particular is such a huge name that A, there'd be so much blowback from everybody by making it an Xbox exclusive that that would just do more harm than good to them. Second, it makes so much money on all these different platforms that they would, it's, it doesn't make any financial sense to not put it on those other platforms. Um, and then third, what I thought was interesting is they kind of laid out where the players for Call of Duty are. Xbox is fourth. So there's no Switch version, but Xbox is fourth. And I didn't know this because again, it's not really my thing, but Um, mobile is actually where they consider most of their Call of Duty players at this point. So Call of Duty on mobile, PC, PlayStation all outpace Xbox players. So Microsoft's buying this thing that is predominantly a franchise that's played on other platforms. They're still buying it for theirs. So the implication was, well, we're going to make it Xbox exclusive is I think what everybody assumed, but they're very much going, no, 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 we're keeping it everywhere. We want that Call of Duty money. We just want that Call of Duty money coming to us. So it's just it's all interesting to me because these are things that I don't think we ever would have found out, ever would have heard about had it not been for this court case and just all these weird things. So there's so much that kind of goes on in this business hobby that we're all really kind of obsessed with and and consumed by. And we don't necessarily get all of the where these things are coming from, where they are. It's just, oh, cool. New Spider-Man game. Oh, cool. When's Gear 6 happening? And there's so much behind the scenes stuff that we just don't get a chance to hear about. So I just found it super interesting this past week to be able to hear about all of these different things that are coming out now from this court case that we never would have known had it not been for this. And it's just it just kind of puts this weird 
weird, almost like negative feeling about, ooh, Jim Ryan has some kind of funky thoughts about things. Ooh, Phil Spencer's kind of doing these. And you kind of get this business sense more so than I think you ever have before. So we are Workforce Gaming. We try and put out new videos every Monday. Leave a comment below if there's any interesting things that I missed because there were things flying out left and right. Subscribe to our channel and we'll see you later.